You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily we're back together again just in time for a new era of Denver Nuggets basketball to take the stage as on Sunday night your Denver Nuggets absolutely shellacked the Atlanta Hawks 126-102 in the debut of Aaron Gordon and Adam literally I do not think it could have gone better (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it could have, man. This was a really, a really great start against a good Atlanta team. Not good, not great, but a good uh, Atlanta team. And it wasn't just that they kind of blew the doors off of them. It's how they blew the doors off of them with a very balanced attack. It looked like a team that had been together for a while, at least in parts. And yeah, it was great. He looked like he fit right in. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order today we will talk about the debut of aaron gordon and how good the denver nuggets core for and honestly probably better include will barton because he played most of his minutes with him and at least in the first quarter was yeah. complimentary to that effort um we'll talk about that we'll talk about the defense we'll talk about the new rotations we'll talk about everything from the new look denver nuggets after acquiring and getting aaron gordon on the floor and in the final segment we'll say goodbye to, Eric, to Gary Harris, who is off to Orlando. We'll look back at his contributions to the team and the experience of covering him. Uh, Cause I think Aaron, I think that Gary deserves that. Um, I talked to, I asked him a lot of questions about it tonight and he was pretty emotional about it still. And so I think, yeah, Gary's worth discussing, but on to the new let's, let's go ahead and just start here. Night one for Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, Adam, a 134 offensive rating and a 92.7 defensive rating. So the greatest offense and greatest defense of all time. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. For a one game sample size, it's good. And early on, I thought the offense right from the start clicked. We'll talk about that. I'm sure a lot. The defense I thought took a little bit, you know, Atlanta started off really hot, but that second stint in the second quarter and to close the second quarter and to and to open the third quarter were just, um, a show of force from that unit where it just felt like things came together on both ends of the court. Atlanta missed some shots. They had a couple good looks that, you know, I thought Denver got stops maybe, you know, three out of five times, uh, three out of five possessions basically over that stretch. And then the other two Atlanta would miss, you know, so some of this was good luck, but offensively it just fit it. The thing you thought when Aaron Gordon joined the team was okay, the athleticism, the length, the weapons, the spacing, all this stuff, if it comes together. And at least tonight, that's what it felt like. Things just came easier. Will Barton was more open. Jamal Murray was more open. Michael Porter Jr. had better mismatches. It just felt like Denver was a team where individually or the collection of all the individuals was so difficult to scheme against. And it just clicked right away, especially in that second, third quarter. Uh, you had the the two big dunks from Gordon, which are what you want to see. The uh, back screen by well, was it a back screen? I guess not. It was just a screen by Jamal uh, with Gordon. It's the and- C corner. It says like one of their yeah. bread and butter plays, yeah. and it's like an angled screen. But yeah, it, yeah, the the thing, and I've talked about this. This is why it's important. I talked about it a lot. The Nuggets, the thing Aaron Gordon provides to the Denver Nuggets. You can't switch against them, especially if you have Trey Young. But you, but even regular teams switching against them is going to be death. And Murray setting that screen on on Gordon, it's just you have to fight through it. 
Michael Porter Jr. is in the other corner. So then the you have to start thinking, well, do I help off of Michael Porter Jr. and go all the way across the paint to the other side? You, or do I stay home? That time they stayed home, he had a wide open dunk. One of the funniest uh, things from the first quarter was that uh, they got a steal early on, first couple of possessions, and they're going down the floor. And Jamal clearly is trying to throw a no look to Aaron for his first <laughs> points as a nugget. And Will, being Will, is like, I'm cutting to the rim to try and do the right thing. Oh no. And absolutely intercepts it. And then dishes <laughs> it to Michael Porter jr. For a dunk. But um, I mean, I thought, look, Will's stat line wound up not being great five of 13, but I thought he was really aggressive in that first quarter. Um, and that was like, this is part of it is will I I'll say this. Will has to stay aggressive right. as much as it's going to, your people are going to be crazy about him shooting he needs to stay aggressive so that teams aren't like, Oh, okay. We don't have to worry about Will Barton. We're going to focus on all these other dudes. Like you need to, everybody's got to stay aggressive. I feel like the nuggets had a 142 offensive rating with Will Barton on the court for the first three quarters. I know he came in in the fourth quarter and took even more shots. You can people, if you want to be upset about Will Barton tonight for shots, he didn't say, I really do think it's just a matter of, you know, tonight the shots came to him. And that's what was so great about this game. There were some forced ones in that second half, and especially in garbage time. And and they are annoying because they stick out like a sore thumb, especially when the entire team is just moving the ball. But tonight, one or two bad shots from Barton aside with that group, it, I, it really did just feel like the ball was just finding the open guy. And whoever shot the ball on any given possession, it was inconsequential who it was. It was just a system working and the ball landed in a different player's lap every single time down court. And that's why the scoring was so balanced tonight in that starting unit, 13 points from Gordon, 12 from Barton, 15 from Porter, 16 from Jokic, 17 from Murray. That's so balanced. Yeah. And you realize like, when you look at it, you're like, Oh, they only scored 15, 13, 16, 12, 17, but it's like, they played, you know, Aaron played 20 minutes in this game, like yeah, 20, yeah. 41, played 21 minutes in this game. Jokic played 28. Uh, Will played 32 because he got in, in garbage time. Jamal played more because he's, he's anchoring those second units a lot more. Porter only played 26. Like all these guys are getting over 20 if they play their usual allotment. Can like, I put a tinfoil hat on real quick for you? Yes. Will Barton came back into the game in the fourth quarter to get used to playing with the second unit. Why would he do that? Like, what do you mean? Because he is headed for playing more, more and more minutes with the second unit. Do you think he's going to come off the bench? Cause I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to come off no, the bench. We got to stop this. This is so stupid. Look, Monte's a nice player. It's he's a nice player. He is. He absolutely is. But that first unit, like will was running point a lot of the time anyway, like setting up the offense and then they were executing through him. Like, there's no reason to put Monte, who's small. You just go back to the same problem of being too small. Don't do that. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is a starting five going forward permanently. I agree with you. Let me finish my point. I don't know if he's going to come off the bench, but I do think that he's going to be maybe the first stagger. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a lot of minutes with that second unit because tonight, part of what – especially in that second half. I thought that second unit started to look really good. Jermichael Green scoring mm -hmm. points, Compazzo looking competent again for the first time in a couple games. And I think Will Barton, you know, you need some scoring out there. You need some spacing out there. And I just think he adds a little bit of that. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was sort of the one where, yes, he starts. Yes, he still plays a lot of minutes with that first starting five because Malone loves the starting five. But I wouldn't be surprised if he played the fourth most minutes of all of those five guys at the starting lineup. I, I mean, it's fifth. been Jamal. Like that's, yeah. that, that's, that's who he's used. 
in yeah, these to elevate the bench. Yeah. Like that's, it used to be Jokic. He was starting Jokic to start these second quarters and he's gone to Jamal. And I got to be honest with you. I kind of hate it. Like I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of Murray anchoring those second units. Um, and Pari just feels like very frustrating for him trying to run around with, with the half pint. Like oh, he just doesn't man, seem like he's so able, I, like he's not able to really get going. Um, like he, and I will say that he and Millsap, I think are able to run some stuff. That was cool. Is like when they were able to run bench units with, with Jokic and Millsap, those two just ran back into their old habits. Like those two know how to play with one another perfectly. And then you have Jamichael who Jokic meshes with perfectly. Like when they get Monte back, I mean, that bench unit's going to really cook. I think, I, mean, I think they're going to be really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so I do think Will plays the plays with the starters uh, for the most part. I think, you know, I mean, honestly, like a lot of this, I just kind of keep reminding myself like, well, look, you know, in, here in less than, than 60 days, it's just going to be, you know, 38, 42 yeah, yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. Of, of the the four starters. Uh, I love that starting eight. lineup. I'm not by you misinterpreted me to think that I'm advocating for him to come up with that. I love that starting lineup. Him okay. at shooting guard gives an enormous amount of length shooting ball him Aaron Gordon being the third best ball handler in that lineup is great I think he's an above average third facilitator I think he's a below average or third ball handler I think he's a below average probably second ball handler but third you know if your pecking order for like who initiates pick and rolls goes Murray then Barton then uh, Gordon I think that's perfect you know that was cool uh, a nice little note here was Porter looked for Gordon and Gordon yeah. looked for Porter yeah both those guys were like whether and it didn't feel forced they were just like they were pat like there was smooth me mechanisms between those two um i think porter is sneaky assimilating into the culture of the nuggets like into the style of play yeah. i think it, I, I i this was one of those games where you kind of like man he really fit he really looked just like murray and Jokic out there in terms of wasn't necessarily hunting for shots unnecessarily yeah and it was i mean uh, i think ryan was the one that, that, com that commented on this but it really is true they can run pick and roll with all five guys. Yep. Like Gordon can screen for Porter who can screen for right. Jokic, who can screen for Murray, who can screen for Barton. Like they can just run pick and roll one through five and all of them will get an advantage and they're all good passers. This is There's, how the ball gets popping. It's like, honestly the number one barrier to the ball not popping is oftentimes having a player that you have to be like, Ooh, we can't go to this guy now. So we need to like, Hey, you cut through or so it slows everything down when you can just move the ball to the next guy and go right into it. Yeah. The ball gets moving 32 assists tonight. Yeah. I mean, this was, this one was so good, Adam. I, I joked about this on Twitter. This one was so good that I was like, this is a little too good. Like, how are they possibly going to keep this? Like, you, you're not going to beat teams by 40 every night. Yeah. But what was interesting, I thought, in this game was like, this is a, a Hawks team that's given them trouble. Like, right. they lost them earlier this year. They lost to them last year. And I asked Jokic about Capella. I was like, you know, hey, usually he gives you some trouble. You know, what was the deal? Really love Jokic, that. I, I thought it was interesting. Jokic got, it wasn't prickly. I don't think Joker's ever been prickly with any question he's asked, but he was a little bit like, he was definitely trying to be like, look, I don't want to be mean, but like, it's not him. It's when our scheme breaks down and then Capella finishes it. It's it true. Close. Haven't I said this all along? It's true. Um, it's never the roller. This is why I don't, the go bears, the, the, the Capella, those guys always just roll to the rim and sometimes they're open and they dunk it. Yeah. 
I mean, I will say Capella's got more touch than Rudy. Like he's got the ability to at least yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you could hit him on the roll and he'll do a, a quick little turnaround hook. Yes. His range is three feet, whereas Gobert's yeah. is one foot. Right, 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 right. And the offensive rebounds, I think, matter. Like he is uh, able like go like Jokic is a great rebounder, and guys like that tend to disrupt his ability to do that. Um you're right though that he was, was a non, really he was a non-story tonight. You're right that Capello was mm-hmm. just another guy out but there. But they were completely overwhelmed. I want to talk about the defense in the second uh segment, but what was I think there a couple of things that were surprising for me were one, how smooth it looked. Like it just for it to it very it never looks like that, Adam. Like it's never like, oh, you plug a guy in in a trade and then like it like usually you lose that first game. I bet the Hawks. Like right. I bet the Hawks because I was like, oh, they're gonna it's gonna be one of those games where it's like you could see some of it, but they really struggle and they're trying to force it too much. And instead it was like they had trouble in that first quarter getting stops. And the second unit didn't. Here is what was really notable. Usually, when that second unit does not play well, the bench, the starters come back in and they struggle too. Right, That's been right. a trend. The momentum lately. gets killed, yeah. And Capazzo was a was a plus minus a zero, with a trillion in that second quarter for a while there. He played mm. four like four minutes in the second had had done nothing, and yet the starters came back in with Gordon and just like that's when they started to really wipe the floor with them. And then they carried over. And then how often has been the third quarter been a letdown? And instead yeah. they just came out like firing. Second I mean, and third quarters were honestly beautiful basketball. I mean, it was they, just great, great spacing, great just, movement. I mean, they kicked the shit out of the Hawks tonight. Yeah. Like, they I mean, really it was, did. you know, and part of that's like, okay, look, it's, you know, the Hawks have been flying a little bit above flying, <laughs> uh, flying above, a little bit above what they're capable of. Um, they are an inconsistent team. They're without DeAndre Hunter, which it really has been like the deciding factor in whether they're good or not. That may sound strange, but he's he's a floor player. Yeah. Um, they're on the road. It's altitude. Aaron's you know a lot of energy for Aaron's first appearance. All that stuff. I just still think that for the Nuggets not to come out tight and not to come out awkward and just be like, yeah, we're just gonna play basketball. You know, we're just gonna right. we're gonna come out and play basketball. And and oh yeah, we're gonna drop a Porter and Jokic tonight scored one point four points per possession so crazy i mean they just it was dominant um but on top of that the other thing i thought was really interesting was like the bench really did seem to make more sense like yeah i was worried i was like i don't know how this Millsap thing off the bench is gonna go but it i think it really works two forwards yeah Millsap and and part of the why it worked tonight was composite goes two for two jermichael green knocks down his threes like if they don't make those maybe it goes a little bit differently but tonight they did and and so that worked um, I mean, Jamichael was great, right? Seven to 12. Like he was, he led the team in scoring seven to 12 from the field, three of five from three, seven boards. Like Jamichael was legitimately you, you, great. You better never say anything bad about Jamichael. You know why? Why? Jokic will come for you. Yeah, it's true. That's Love his that. guy. That's his guy, man. Don't, don't Love. say anything or you, <laughs> Joker's turning on you. Loves that guy. Um, you know, Dozier didn't shoot the ball well, but I thought defensively was, was pretty good. Um, Composo got five assists. I went back and watched, and most of them were the Jokic, but people can talk that up as much as they want. Um, like, I mean, it was it was a feel good win all the way around. I, I will say, you missed our you missed our clubhouse. I got more and more folks that are coming over to my. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Oh no, trust me, man. I see him. I see him. I, I didn't need to be in the clubhouse for that. They, the the tide had definitely turned on Composo. Um. So, let's take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball because I saw some yeah. really interesting stuff there. That was where I kind of went back and really circled in on. Uh, we'll talk about post-game quotes uh, and we'll carry on with Locked On Nuggets. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is in full effect. Had myself a very nice 
weekend. Thank you very much, USC. Thank you so much for the over in UCLA, Alabama in overtime. Whew! Uh, I am very excited for Houston tomorrow. That's where my, my parlay finishes up. Very excited for that. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time update odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts back here on locked on nuggets thanks for making this part of your day get more of the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow the locked on today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts all right adam so i asked aaron gordon after the game about this uh, and he gave me an interesting quote which is he said i asked him about switching because the i i okay to back up I thought that when they added Gordon, this meant that in the playoff setting, they would be able to switch things. And when I really started to think about it, I was like, that might make things easier on Jamal rather than trying to get over the screen. And so I was like, they can probably switch everything except one five. Right. And so I was like prepared. I was like, you know, by the playoffs, they'll be able to. And like, that's what they did tonight. Like by the second quarter, they first quarter, they were running some mixed coverages, but by the second quarter, it was Jokic actually dropped on a few versus Trey Young in the second half because he was like, oh, whatever, we're killing you. Um, but in general, like they were switching Gordon onto Trey Young and he did a really good job on him. Trey's line does not reflect how good a job that Aaron Gordon did in disrupting him and causing him real aggravation because I thought that was like a, a, like a really interesting component that they were just willing to switch out of the box. And so then Jamal switches on to John Collins and they were unable to get the ball in. And when they did, the Nuggets either scrammed the switch, and which means switch like got the switch back, or they brought help to immediately cause a turnover or reset the defense, which allowed Jamal to switch out. Like, I mean, it was it was pretty impressive. And it made me realize, like, oh yeah, they've never had this many tall dudes on the floor together at the same time. Like they have the ability yeah. now to genuinely you can still play two at the level with Jokic because that makes the best use of Jokic's hands. No, you have to with Jokic. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, th- everything's different with Jokic, but it doesn't. That's true of a lot of centers, especially the few right. teams out there that still play t- traditional centers. But it's it's just the other guys. And you're right. I was surprised to see Michael Porter switch out onto Trey Young tonight. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon. Everybody just comfortable. It was it was clearly they were like, hey, just switch that. That's fine. Let's do it. And you're right that that does elevate your defense. It leaves you vulnerable to okay if you go up against Donovan Mitchell and he's averaging 50 points in a playoff series. You really have to have your guys locked in and able to kind of slow him. But I do think again that cumulative length and just having more another rotator on the backside, another athlete like that. You know, it gives you an outlet. And plus, even if you think about Donovan Mitchell last year, as much as he went off for 50 points twice and 40 points and a couple others, it was also the other guys that kept going off too. It wasn't just him. It was that if Michael Porter got switched out onto Conley or whoever else, then that was that was uh, vulnerable. But now you just have one fewer of that. Here's where I want to say, though, about Aaron Gordon and his defense. I learned this lesson with the Philadelphia 76ers back in the Hinky era that being bad was always a bad thing until the hinky era. And then it was because trust the process created an identity. And it was like, it doesn't matter. This bad thing. It's what we can identify with it. I wonder with Aaron Gordon, he came here tonight. He only took nine shots. 
He got 11, uh, how many points did he have? 13 points. He had a, a nine shots. Everybody was loving him. The team won by 25 points. And I wonder if there's a level of identity for him that is, hey, if you come in here and be that lockdown defender, they're going to love you more than if you came in here and scored 20 points a game. That's your new identity. And if, if there's something to like, hey, I don't have to do these things. I can be the guy that they count on to be this elite defender. That's my identity now. I take it. Okay, so I thought it was really notable that in his press conference on Saturday, that was like what he mentioned. He was like, I'm really excited about the opportunity to guard the best players in this league. Exactly. Like him saying that stood out to me because um, 90% of player quotes are pretty bland and you can just kind of like toss them out. Um, there are certain questions that guests asked post game basically for promotional materials for the team, right? Like, how excited were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often or, do you like? What did you think of the city? Fighting? What's your first impression of the city of Denver? We'll get to we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. um, but like, there's so many questions that are like, you know, how excited were you? How excited does that make you feel? And like, I I've no I've stopped trying to corral it with other media members. I'm just like, it's fine. Do what you need to do. I get it. I understand you what you're looking for. But like, think about how many times when you were uh, when you're in the line at a roller coaster, are you like? I'm a nine on an excitement scale of <laughs> right, one to, right. like that's not how you think of things, right? right. And so like, they're always gonna say like, "Oh, very excited," you know, like, "Oh," um, and so, uh, just once I want a player to be like, "Not at all. I'm not at all excited about this whatsoever." Um, but I thought it was interesting that that you can parse certain things from what a player says. Tonight, honestly, post game, like there were some questions. Like, when asked him, like, "Hey, like you you might not be the star." that you were in Orlando, like basically like said, like, Hey, might not get the shots that you're used to. Um, And Gordon was pretty good about it, which is, and I thought his point was pretty good. But this is what I mean is he can be the star, just a different star. He's well, not only that, well, not only that though, but like he talked about, he's like, it's so easy like that. And that was really what stood out. Once I started to dig into the film, and I'm sure you did this too, where you're like, Man, if he lets this be easy, he's right. just gonna rack up points. Like he's gonna get points and rebounds and assists, and like he will have the stat line. Right. Like he had 13 to nine on 13 shots. It very easily could have been on nine shots. On nine shots. Sorry, he had 13 points on nine shots. It, it very easily could have been, you know, like in a full game. 18. Yeah. 17, yeah. He 18, could have gotten 19. 20. Yeah, he could have gotten 19. Like. He had 13 points on nine shots, and they were all like all of it was easy. And by, stuff. And by the way, they don't have any plays in for him yet. Or I mean, yeah. they have like a couple like basic quick hitters. But now I, I will say this: like I heard you on DM on the on the DMVR post game show. Um, check it out at DMVR.com and on their YouTube page, their second YouTube page. Turns out, <laughs> um, but like you were talking about, like well, if he focuses on the cuts and uh, and these kind of things and offensive rebounds. I like I think it's fine if he takes off if he comes off of a screen, catches, and takes a short jumper. I think that's fine. Sure. Like I have, I have zero. I, I don't think everything for Aaron needs to be at the rim. I think he's got, he has a good enough jumper to where as long as he's not taking you off the dribble, I think it's a good shot. Everything, like, everything's just natural, right? Like, I mean, that's yeah. the thing is, yeah, you don't want to stop to say this or that. It's just, if you do come off of a dribble handoff and you get into that mid range, you know, you got one or two of those a game and uh, yeah. that, that you just, you're not doing it every time, but it's like, Hey, well, this, it's, this it's is even the thing I can go to. Yeah, it's even the, the difference between you come off of a, off of a handoff at the perimeter, you dribble into the the deep mid range at eighteen, rise and fire a fadeaway, versus you come off of a double screen down low, and you've got a, a nine foot jumper. 
right? Like that differential, I think is, is really big, but defensively again, like their ability to switch, I think is pretty exciting. Um, and like, we, we were talking about like Donovan Mitchell, right. And like, look, Trey, when he got Porter, he scored. I think I, I, it's, I think it's low key. It's weird that those two are best friends, but when they play Trey Young tries to go at him. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and he scored and that's like, that's the concern I think with switching versus the, the jazz, but here's the difference in the jazz series, what you're basically going to say is you're going to like, we're going to deny the switch. Like we're going to have Aaron just fight over the top of the screen of Gobert and just recover on him. And, yeah. you know, if we need to show, we'll show, you know, if it's Jokic, if it's, cause that's the thing, right? If it's, if it's Jokic and Gobert, you can show and then switch back. Right. You can do all like, they have so much more stuff they can do defensively now. Yeah, there's it definitely unlocks a lot of what Malone can try out with this team now. I mean, it, it is so different. It's funny. I'm telling you, even Malone, I was surprised to hear him rave, not just rave about Aaron Gordon, but talk about him as this was a big acquisition for us, saying yes. like we needed this kind of player. We haven't had him on him for so long. And it was in some ways his admission of like, hey, I love Paul Millsap. I love, you know, all the different lineups we've done. But we needed a guy that was in between what you guys wanted and what I wanted. And that's what he is. He writes what kind of what he represents. And uh, I think the reason he was raving about that is because I think he was instrumental in the conversations and convincing the front office to surrender what they did for him. So mm. that's a that's an informed yes there. Um, another thing. So uh, like on the perimeter, how many times have we talked about the problems of driving kick? Right. Like that's been like the constant problem with the Nuggets defense is like drive, kick, containment breaks down. Then you're chasing and right. drive, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick three. Gordon, like several times with like, he's just one step away because of his length. So he takes one more step and all of a sudden the catch on the weak side, that guy's like shit. And he has to reset. Like there were several times in the corner three was just like, nope, I don't have it. I'm not going one-on-one versus Aaron Gordon. Like, mm-hmm that differential and not being like, I'm going to pump fake and I'm going to drive aggressively at you because I do not respect your containment. Just that sequence clogs up the mechanism of what the, what the defense wants to do. And there was just like a lot of that. You were, when I was paying a lot of attention to Gordon off ball and when he was off ball, he was really good about maintaining the space between helping down and then still being in a position to anticipate and recover on the perimeter. So like, I'm pretty optimistic about the defensive numbers with Gordon on the court, at least improving, which like, this is a big part of it. You can bleed points with most of these lineups. If you're just good for however minutes Aaron is on the floor, if Aaron Gordon is on the floor and your defensive rating is one Oh five, the nuggets are going to, will win 55 plus games every single season. And will advance to the second round of the playoffs every year. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I, this was, it's hard not to be optimistic after watching this game. It is just one game. You know, they right. do have back to back, really tough games. I would not be surprised if Denver went Oh, and two the rest of this week, having yeah. Philadelphia and having the Clippers, you know, those are two really tough ones. I wouldn't be surprised if they went two and Oh either, but um, you know, I, I just think you have to be optimistic with the way he fit in. And also, you know, I got over the weekend really got into the film of Aaron Gordon. And I really do think that he is, not a ball definitively not a ball hog and i think he is a guy that that does want to fit into an offensive system i don't think he's one of these you know aau guys that grew up thinking that the player that scores the most is the most important everybody's got to be that i do think he's he gets the idea of a five-man unit clicking together 
I think it's it's gonna be interesting. So part of what I've tried to, to keep in mind is it's not like this is gonna be a honeymoon period where Aaron's gonna be playing the highest level basketball that he ever has in his life. Like this is gonna be the best, like yeah. you know, he, and you saw it at post game. He was like, it's just so like everything in Orlando was a slog. Like it was just tough. Yeah. Like they've been Especially bottom five in offensive rating like every single year. And that's despite having Vucevic, who's really good. Like Vucevic is a really good player and they've had some weapons, but they just can't like, it wasn't, I don't even blame coaching. It just, there wasn't a guy that could, that was able to make the offense great the way that Jokic makes the offense great yeah. and like playing next to him. And then you have Jamal and then you have, you know, honestly, Porter, who's, like you said, I got a I got a lot of respect for for Michael Porter because I was curious, I was curious what message everybody was going to send tonight after that trade, right? Like I was gonna I was really curious about, like I expected Jokic to be very pass heavy. That's what I expected. Was like I expected, and and you know, um, Jokic finishes with eight assists in twenty eight minutes, which, yeah, yeah uh, and could have had a few more, right? Um, that's not surprising, right? Like Jokic is, is absolutely the guy to be like, be like, okay, like we got all these weapons. All right, let's get everybody involved, right? Um, I expected Jamal to be very like cool and like, we're just going to run what we run. I'm going to get mine. You're going to get yours. Everything's going to be fine. Um, I'm not surprised that Will came out firing. That makes perfect sense to me that Will would be like, I'm going to stay aggressive. I am not going to be forgotten. I'm not going to like, and especially like if they're not going to put their primary guys on me, if I've got an advantage, I'm going to the rack. Um, I expected Aaron to be, to be kind of what he was like, I, I think it's a really good sign though. Right. Like the worst case scenario was like Aaron comes out and tries to dribble and break down stuff. Like there was a sequence where Aaron got the rebound and looked off Jokic. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this, this could be bad, but it worked out fine. Um, it just, it, everything kind of worked out the way that you would, really want it to be like this again you're right that they're probably like they won't play like this every game it will not be this easy there will be hard times they will have to figure out stuff there will be frustrations i think the other thing for me though is like long term it's just like if aaron reaches the end of this year and a half and it's like yeah you made the western conference finals twice but you averaged 17 4 and 5 right um is that enough for him? Like that's I think really that's high. I don't think he'll ever average 17. I really don't. So 14, 14, yeah. you know, 14, 14 points, five rebounds, four assists. Yeah. Like those are good numbers, you know, and he'll be respected for having contributed to winning. But the question is just going to be like, is that enough? And then on top of that, like, is this going to be enough for Porter? Mm. You know? Like I honestly team. think Porter offensively is just a tear up. Like it's just, I think this is the still Murray and Jokic's team. And then yeah. Porter, uh, you know, right behind that. And then another gap and then you've got everybody else. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I, I think Aaron very, very solidly slides into four. Like it is I reasonable. Mean, Will Barton's more dynamic offensively is the only thing. I mean, Gordon, if we just talk about overall value to the team or whatever, like, okay, I'm f- fine. But cutting out the defensive end, just talking about the offensive end, you know, Will Barton can shoot, he can handle, he can do all this. I think Gordon's much better at handle, much better at the rim, but I think I think Barton may be a little bit more dynamic. 
I agree he's more dynamic, but the thing is, like, Aaron's athleticism makes up for a lot of that, too. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. Like, that's true. I'm so curious to see how he scores, because he really did score tonight when the only play they really ran for him was that one corner option, and it wasn't even a play. Like, it was just a it was just a screen, and then and it got open. And part of this, again, was Trey Young, but I'm just, I am well, so curious. Well, then there was the play out of halftime where – Right. Oh, that's a beautiful play, by the way. <laughs> they run the pick and roll with Jokic – and the Hawks were like, what? Yeah. What is this? That's definitely one of those ones where I feel like the Nuggets were like wrote down like, okay, that one worked. Let's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll go back to that again. And yeah, so about as great of a start as you can imagine. I like Paul Millsap off the bench. Um, so JaVale didn't play. And I saw after the game... Malone made a beeline and called for JaVale in the tunnel and grabbed him and put his arm around him and was talking to him. And then Malone mentioned it after the game. Part of me genuinely wonders if Malone got so wrapped into the game and forgot that he had JaVale. <laughs> like that's, that's just genuinely like. Michael Green's just draining all of his shots and he's yeah. just into it too much. And yeah, yeah he's just like, and then like yesterday in the game, it's like, Shit, I forgot to put, put JaVale. Well, it was such a weird game too, because I mean, the last, you know, very long period of it, six, I mean, really eight minutes or so was garbage time. And I wonder if it was, did JaVale want it garbage time? Yeah, yeah. right, right. The, the, I mean, he's an impact player, not a, hey, go out there and do something goofy now, like pull, right. pull and drain threes. I would like to see at some point, I want to see Composo lineups with JaVale. That's a lineup that I actually want to see. I, I think Composo might benefit from having a tall person yeah. on the floor. I think Murray might too, if they do play him with that second unit, I, I, I do wonder if it's more difficult to have two slow bigs, slow unathletic bigs, as much as they space the court, Murray and the pick and roll as a score. If you have that lob threat, you just Mm -hmm. put so much more pressure on the defense. Well, especially like if they run, like if they run a stagger screen with Jamal or with Jamal as a ball handler with uh, JaVale and say Jamichael, like you can, you know, you can, you can just run a lot of stuff or you can run stuff out of elevators too. Like there's just a lot of stuff that they can run mm-hmm. out of that combination. I feel like, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. And we, I want to talk about Gary Harris, put some respect on his name, put some respect on the name of Gary Harris. We'll do that after the break. But first guys, we've been telling you about built bar we've been telling you and telling you and telling you the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while. Now, hopefully you've gotten in. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. They put all the bars into a bracket. Today's matchup, coconut brownie chunk versus caramel brownie. Mm. You know where I'm going with this. Coconut is garbage. It needs to be caramel brownie. You're you're so wrong about this, but that's It's caramel. Look, caramel brownie. Who doesn't like brownies topped with caramel? You even say it wrong. It's caramel. Caramel. It's caramel. <laughs> caramel. I'm going to caramel and having a built bar. So you can figure it. You can go to builtbar.com and vote for your favorite in the matchup. Go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're also brought to you by rockauto.com. 
the absolute best place to get your car parts. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft, like Evan Mobley, good Lord, with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, Adam. Um, so I wanted to do this because we're not going to have another chance to. Like, season's going to pick up. We have lots of time to talk Aaron Gordon. We have lots of time to talk about the Nuggets and their future and all this stuff. Uh, when was the first season that you started covering Denver? It was Gary Harris's rookie season. Um, so it was, I, I, uh, the first time I got to go to a Denver Nuggets game as a credentialed media member was, um, uh, how come I'm, I can't think of Nuggets, uh, Brian Shaw. It was Brian Shaw's last game. <laughs> so I, I, I got, I got there right before he got fired. Um, and I was there actually for the media day of Gary Harris's rookie season. Um, yeah. But so, so I was there. I was excited for Gary coming out. Uh, I like Michigan state players and I watched a lot of Gary Harris's tape and had seen that. Like, I was like, man, the shooting stroke really is there. Like he can be a really good shooter. Uh, and he struggled so much that season. Like it was just such a miserable year. That last year of Shaw was so miserable mm-hmm. for everybody. Uh, players were miserable. Coaches were miserable media was miserable it was just a miserable season like i wrote very openly like the nuggets are a train wreck i wrote that i wrote a column with that in the headline um which is funny because uh now everyone thinks i'm a nuggets homer and i'm like <laughs> okay um people don't think that though man there maybe some you've heard that you've heard that take but i have also seen people say that you hate the denver nuggets oh no no, no. this is how it works everybody here in town thinks i hate them (laughs) oh i see and then everybody around the the country in the nba circles thinks i'm a nuggets homer Um, that's how that works so i think i just remember gary being um he was funny and earnest and it's like it's really interesting to me earnest is a good word he really is it's really interesting to me because uh, folks would, would talk about how like the media kind of talked about him as if he's a terrible quote. I always have really good conversations with Gary because I would ask specific things. If you ask, Gary would just always give you the, the exact, like the most accurate response to whatever you, you asked him. So if you said like, how did you feel? Felt good. Right. And like, Matt go Moore. on. Like, this is the Matt Morrism here. You know, a lot of did. people said Matt, that Gary Harris is a bad quote, but that's because they ask terrible questions. Whereas I, I yes. ask exactly <laughs> no but this is the thing right it's like if you if you say if you if you go to gary harris and you say like how did it feel tonight to be out there how'd you feel you guys play tonight good you know we just gotta keep getting better every night like he'll go into yeah, the sports yeah, yeah, cliches but when i would ask him like hey why why did you call for the switch there or hey when you're coming off of that screen you took like two extra dribbles le- like to your right 
instead of just pulling up? Is there something in that, like, what was the, the thought process there? And he would give you these like pretty good detailed looks. And it was 2018, the year that they almost made the playoffs. Um, it was late in the year and they were on this run and the crowd, it was one of those nights where the crowd went absolutely just psycho, just nuts. It was like a re- one of the real rocking nights at Pepsi Center, now Ball Arena. And I waited till like everybody was done with Gary. Like Gary talked about the game and then afterwards and I kind of caught him and I was like, do you remember when there was like a hundred people in this Yes. Belt? And he was like, yeah. He would always showed up. Hang on. I'm unstable. Yep. I think I'm back now. Uh, Gary was a consummate pro. Like, I never saw Gary Harris half-ass it. Maybe he did, and I just didn't notice it. I never noticed yeah. when the deep, when when his effort was low. Yeah. No, he was a pro. And what you were saying earlier, this is one of the things that's a little bittersweet about all this because there's a lot of hype. And I think that, you know, a year from now, maybe even a month from now, like, you know, you just move on. It's just this, this is sports. Everybody always says it's a business and it's true, but there is something just a little slightly unsatisfying to think of Gary being the first one here. He, he, he had the shovel. He, he broke ground on this era of Nuggets uh, basketball and he won't be here to finish it. So there is something, you know, dissatisfying about that and sad, but and like, know, look, is, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that is part of it though. That's just, that, that, that is the way it goes. And you were never going to get out of this a hundred percent innocent. You know, um, yoga, you know, would have become a star no matter what, but I will say that like having Gary early to run those handoffs the first helped. one. He was the first, I mean, it's crazy. There's so many people, I would bet 80% of the people listening to this show did not know that, or were at least not around. They only know that hit like for, as you like from studying history or hearing about it, but it's true. The first chemistry, I mean, you could say Barton and, and Jokic, maybe even the first chemistry, but the one that first had the real like jump off the screen, you really felt like it was a connection was Gary. And you, there were people even <laughs> Vic Lombardi, who's great has a tweet that is still out there. You can search it. It is still out there. It says Gary Harris is the best player on the Nuggets roster. People think I'm crazy that it's saying it's not Jokic, but it's Gary. And he is crazy. He was wrong even then. But at least there was a point in time when people thought Gary was the future star of the It Denver felt Nuggets. like it. It definitely felt like it. Never felt like it's me, but I understand at least that it's... All right, all right, all right, all right, victory lapper. All right. <laughs> um, I think... It's not just, you know, so the on-court stuff was important. Like, he was committed to defense. He was committed to playing the right way. He was committed to Jokic. All of these types of things. He was coachable. He was an underdog. Um, and that was what defined this Nuggets team, especially early on, was they were all underdogs. And he was an underdog. And, he you know, he had Malone's back at every single turn. And I'll also say this. Gary was almost traded yep. at the draft to Cleveland for Kevin Love. The deal was like there. It was goal line. The next week, Gary gets on a plane, goes to Atlanta, and helps sell Paul Millsap on coming to the Nuggets. Like, it's look, it's one thing. um, I don't blame players for the whole, like, 
they don't have loyalty, right? Like they don't have loyalty to me. I don't, I don't blame them for that at all. Um, I, don't, I understand where that frustration comes from, but to me, it's kind of cool that Gary was such a professional to be like, okay, yeah, they did what was in their best interest, but I'm still with the team and we want to win. And this guy will help us win. I'm going to go help sell them on it and we can, we can win games together. And they did. Yeah. Uh, I asked Malone after the game about if it was weird going through today um, without Gary. And, you know, I played the other night without him too, but um, I wasn't available then. And so, you know, he talked about also yeah, being home is a little different. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned, you know, he mentioned being in New Orleans and going through the meetings and stuff. And he, and he mentioned that he said this the other day, but I, again, I wasn't around um, that like he and Gary, he like, he hugged Gary and like, they both cried when he said goodbye to him because of what he's meant. And he was like, he was so instrumental in changing the culture. And like, that's a, that to me is like the real thing from 2015, 16 is it took them the whole year to get the chemistry out of the, like the culture of that locker room out of the dumpster. It was so bad when yeah. Malone came in and Mike Miller played a huge part in that, which he's never really going to get enough credit for. Um, Jokic deserves a lot of credit for that. Conley, obviously for getting different veterans and being willing to ship out guys. Like he got rid of guys that were a problem. Right. Um, but Gary Harris, like Gary Harris was one, if the whole nuggets organization, if their whole thing is like, they're not wrapped up in, in the drama and the superstardom and all this, and they just want to, they just love to play and they want to come in and work like Gary Harris embodied that from day one. Absolutely. I, I also think, and this is probably my final thought. I mean, he had some great moments too, you know, I mean, some really big highlights, big performances. Everybody remembers the game winner against Oklahoma city, but I think I'm calling somebody out without calling them out, but there was a tweet today from a high profile. I don't know how high profile, if you're into like the Twitter world, somebody maybe affiliated with a company you're also affiliated with who said something to the extent of, Broncos haven't won in five years. The Rockies never win. Nuggets never win. What is everybody so excited about Denver sports right now? And I just thought like, that's one way to approach this. Another way to approach it is, you know, I think there's something enjoyable and maybe even like meaningful about enjoying all of the players on your team, even the ones that maybe aren't great or this or that. And Gary Harris is a perfect example of that. If you're just a guy, a casual fan who, or maybe not even a casual fan, but somebody that's all championship or nothing, what's the point? What are we doing this? Maybe you look at Gary Harris and you just don't, you miss out on some of the joy. I think Gary Harris represents the type of joy you feel when you really immerse yourself in a team. When you're like, yeah, that, that was a guy. He was one of the members of the team and had his real moments, his real piece of the puzzle that you can really appreciate. And then Gary Harris was just a quintessential one of those. I prefer to be that type of fan with sports. I just, I personally, I think it's better. I think it's a better way to go through life of his just appreciating all of the different aspects of it. And, and that, that, that's Gary to me. Yep. And Malone wish him luck in Orlando. Um, everyone it's, it's been, I've been like defending him like mad to like everyone. Cause you know, I've got, I've, I talked to, to analysts and media folks and, even like scouts and stuff and, and people are like, Oh, well, he's like a negative asset. Like, oh, he he's just a number. Yeah. Like he can't, you know, he can't stay on the floor. He costs this much. He's always injured and he doesn't shoot well. And I'm like, Gary Harris has core injuries, which are only present in Denver. I'm dead serious. Like nobody else has these fucking core injuries 
Uh, and so like, I would not be surprised if Gary Harris, probably not in Orlando, cause it's gonna be rough there for a while, but somewhere else, I, I could see Gary Harris getting back on track. Um, hopefully not with a Western Conference contender. That would be That would awkward. be weird. That'd be weird. But best, best of luck to Gary Harris. Uh, I'm grateful for every single time that Gary Harris spoke with the media. He was always, he was thoughtful in his responses and professional. And I'm gonna miss covering Gary Harris. For sure. All right, let's get wrapped up for Locked On Nuggets. The new era has begun, folks. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us the five-star reviews. Uh, we got a couple of reviews lately, and I really appreciate them, guys. I appreciate when people take the time to write those. Um, it means, means a lot. gives good feedback. Great stuff. Uh, Adam and I will be back, I think, tomorrow night? Probably tomorrow night. Probably tomorrow night. Yep. As we continue to cover the new era of the Denver Nuggets, uh, we'll have a look at where the rest of the Western Conference is after the trade deadline, uh, how the Nuggets will be matching up. We'll do all that and more as this week unfolds, including some big games versus some good teams. And hope you guys will be along for the ride. Until next time, for Adam Mares, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us on Locked on Nuggets.